Good morning, and thank you again for joining with us on this beautiful Sunday. I want to start off this morning by telling you about a United States Marine. He was a true hero and a patriot. His name was Gunnery Sergeant John Bassalone, and he was a recipient of the Medal of Honor for his heroism above and beyond the call of duty during a battle in the Guadalcanal campaign. And if you do any research or studying about the Pacific Front during World War II, then you know that it was a tough and brutal time for the Marines. And nothing that I say this morning will do any justice in describing what those men went through. And they are all heroes. And in the TV series, The Pacific, they follow a story of a few men during the war. And one of those men was John Bassalone. And in that series, you'll see how he suffered severe injuries and he was awarded the Medal of Honor. And because of this, the United States brought him back and they put him into a rotation on a campaign to sell war bonds to make money for the war effort. But after a while, Sergeant Bassalone became restless with his new responsibility. And he requested to be put back into rotation to help train new recruits and eventually to deploy back overseas. Well, John Bassalone knew what laid ahead. He understood the pain and the suffering that came with war but he didn't care. He wanted to fight alongside his men. And so he rejected the opportunity to stay home in comfort and peace, and he went back to the war. And because of this, Gunnery Sergeant John Bassalone was killed in action on the first day of the invasion of Iwo Jima. He resisted the applause and the comfort, and he chose to go back into the fight because he knew that there was a mission greater than himself that needed to be done. And if you read and study history, you will see that there are all kinds of men and women, just like Gunnery Sergeant John Bassalone, who resisted comfort and praise, and they chose to run into the fire for the greater good of mankind. And these stories are inspirational, and they encourage us, and they give us a sense of hope and clarity that there is still good in the world. And it's so comforting to know that there are individuals who are willing to lay down themselves for the well-being of others. And there's another story that I want to share with you about an individual who, who went through hard times and who walked the dirty streets and who took on his oppressors, who eventually was praised by the masses, but he ultimately resisted the praise in order to accomplish the greater mission that would save mankind. And this man was none other than our Savior, Jesus Christ. And this story that we're going to talk about is found in the book of Matthew. So if you have your Bibles, go with me to Matthew chapter 21. And Jesus, in this story, is about to enter into the city of Jerusalem. He's about to fulfill the prophecy and ride into the city on a colt. And so he instructs a couple of his disciples to go ahead and to get the donkey and the colt. And the disciples brought back this animal and they laid their cloaks on top of it so that Jesus could sit there and ride in. And so Jesus climbs upon this animal and he begins his entrance. And at this point, the crowd has gathered in anticipation for the arrival of Jesus. And as Jesus entered into the city, they were shouting praises and they were singing blessings to him and they were laying down palm branches on the ground and they were laying their coats on the streets so that Jesus could have this triumphal entry. And scripture tells us that they went ahead of him and others followed him and they all shouted. And if you will, go with me to, to Matthew chapter 21, beginning with verse 9. And this is what it says. It says, The crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, Who is this? And the crowds answered, This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. You see, it was at this point that they knew who Jesus was. They recognized him. He was the coming Messiah. He was the promised king. 
And oh, how exciting that must have been to be there on that day. You see, when I, like to, when I read Bible stories, I like to put myself into the story. I want to imagine what it was like to be there. And I want you to do the same with me this morning. Can you imagine being in that city and seeing Jesus come in and that triumphal entry riding on that colt? Can you imagine the energy that must have filled that city? I mean, think about the rush of being a part of that, to hear those shouts of praise and to be a part of that amazing moment. When I was in high school, I played basketball, and, and I remember one game. It was right before an, our annual sweetheart dance, and we were all excited about the game and excited about the dance, and how we were all just full of energy. And when the game started, we started out, and we played our hearts out. And it was against a rival team, and, and we ended up actually going into double overtime. And I was blessed to be a part of a team who had some great shooters, guys who could shoot the lights out of a gym. And thankfully, because of those guys, uh, we were able to pull ahead during double overtime, and we actually won the game. And I remember standing on that court when that buzzer went off. Oh my goodness, it was amazing. Though I was tired and I was sweaty and I was beaten up, none of that mattered. Because when that buzzer went off and that crowd erupted in praise, it was all worth it. You see, the energy in that small gym, it was just amazing. And as I think back and I remember the energy in that gym, I couldn't imagine the excitement and energy of an entire city shouting the name of Jesus. I mean, can you just imagine that? I mean, think about how that must have made Jesus feel. The entire city was praising him. They were shouting his name. They were shouting blessings to him. It was all about Jesus in that moment. And here's the unique thing about being praised like that. When you're being praised like that, it's easy to get caught up in the rush of excitement and praises. And the reality is it's easy to lose sight of reality when everyone is praising you. But I want to take a second and I want to testify about my Savior, Jesus Christ, and the man that he was. You see, Jesus was a humble man. And he was a man on a mission. A man who never felt temptation. Jesus was and still is perfect in every way. He never lied. He never cursed. He never stole. Wasn't boastful and wasn't proud. And think about this. It would have been easy for him to turn, it, turn away from the praises and comfort if he was used to it. But you see, Jesus wasn't a man of comfort. As you read through the Gospels, you'll see that, that Jesus traveled everywhere he went. He was on the road all the time. But he didn't have the nice Chevy to drive in. He traveled the dirty, rough roads on foot for miles upon miles upon miles. And he was also the son of a carpenter. So he was no stranger to hard work. And so you have this man who travels everywhere by foot, knows the value of hard work. He has been criticized by almost everybody and is now being praised and blessed by the masses. I mean, if we're honest, it might have been tempting to stay put and enjoy the praises and accolades. I mean, he wasn't used to that, but here he is now being praised by everybody. I mean, some of us might have said, you know what, I'm going to stay here and enjoy these praises. But what did Jesus do? Well, he resisted the praise. Jesus knew that there was a greater mission at hand. He knew that he had to go beyond the crowd. He had, the, he had to leave the time of being praised, and he had to head towards the cross. And there's a lot that we can learn from this. You see, Jesus was able to resist any temptation knowing what laid ahead. You see, Jesus knew that if he continued through the crowd toward the cross, that the beating, the nails, the spear, and the death awaited him. And the reality is, 
The enemy didn't want Jesus to go to the cross. The enemy wanted to distract Jesus. Satan didn't want Jesus to die on the cross. You see, Satan knew that if Jesus died and was resurrected, that the end would be an ultimate defeat and Jesus would win the victory. But here's what we have to understand. All of this had to happen. Jesus was brought in as the sacrificial lamb. Palm Sunday took place during the Passover season, a time when they would sacrifice lambs. And a few days before the sacrifices took place, they would set the special lamb apart from the rest and they would prepare it. And Jesus during this time was being set apart. He was being prepared for the ultimate sacrifice. And as we read this story every year, oftentimes what we like to do is we criticize the crowd for praising and worshiping one day, but then shouting, crucify him, and just a few days later. But we must remember that all of this was part of the prophecy. But what I want us to focus on this morning, and this is, this is so important, I want us to see how Jesus reacted to all of this and what we can learn from it. And so Jesus, what he did, and the first thing that I want you to take note of, is Jesus resisted the applause. The humility of Christ in this story is amazing. I mean, obviously, he took in the praises and he welcomed them and, and he loved the people. He didn't, go through the crown, uh, he didn't go through the crowd with just a frown and was angry. No, he loved the people and he shared in their excitement. I mean, this was the triumphal entry. But, and, and this is the, 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 the distinction between Christ and us, is he didn't allow the praises of man to distract him from his purpose and his mission. You see, oftentimes, and, and, and you may not be guilty of this, but I know that I am, as we get caught in the trap of trying to please the world and we seek the praises of man and we lose sight of our mission and our purpose. And this is so evident in a, in a social media-driven world. And, and I'm not bashing social media, okay? It serves its purpose. I, I, I like social media. I mean, look how we're having service today. It's through social media. But oftentimes, we get into this trap and we do everything for the likes and the comments. We do things for the praises of man and not for the glory of God. You see, if you want to be like Christ, you have to be willing to set yourself apart from the crowd, resist the applause, and instead do everything for the glory of God and God alone. In John chapter 12, beginning with verse 32, or 42, excuse me, it says, Yet at the same time, many even among the leaders believed in him, but because of the Pharisees, they would not openly acknowledge their faith for fear that they would put, be put out of the synagogue. For they loved human praise more than praise from God. Did you hear that? They loved human praise more than praise from God. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, it says, Whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, do it for the glory of God. You see, church, what we have to do is we have to resist the, the applause. We have to do it for the glory of God, not the glory of man. You see, this is what Jesus did. Sure, he enjoyed the praises and the applause in the moment, but he never allowed it to distract him from his ultimate mission and purpose. He resisted the applause. And the second thing that Jesus did is Jesus did not get comfortable. You see, Jesus left the comfort of those praises. He left the crowd. He left the comfort of the city. He left the comfort of the temple. And this is what's even more astounding. You ready for this? He left the comfort of his heavenly realm. Well, why did he do this? Well, he left the comfort in order to suffer and die. Why? So he could save you and I. Our good over his comfort. And church, what a testimony that is. Our God left his heavenly realm in order to save us. And you know what? 
Sometimes as we, as we look about the situations that we're in, we like to complain and we like to gripe about all the things that are going on. Well, I'll be honest with you this morning. I don't resent the things and the times that we're living in. I don't. And, and sure, the times that we're living in are different. And sure, the times that are, we're living in are, di- are challenging. And oftentimes we get annoyed, right? I get annoyed because I want to be with you in person, right? And I know Pastor Thomas gets annoyed with me sometimes because I'm not the most tech-savvy person. He's always having to teach me things. And a lot of the editing and, and things fall on his shoulders. But truthfully, and if we really look at it, this is good for us. Because it's forcing the church, it's forcing us out of our comfort zones. It's making us see that God is not confined to the four walls of the church building. Listen to me. We have to move beyond our comfort. We have to move toward the mission of God. There are people who need to hear about Jesus. There are people who need to be saved. And we need to leave our comfort and go to them. You see, Jesus didn't sit in his comfort He left his heavenly realm. He went toward the pain and suffering in order to win the victory. I mean, what a testimony that is that our God left his comfort to win the victory for you and I. And so Jesus resisted the applause. He didn't get comfortable. And you know what else? Jesus shares the victory with us. Oh my goodness, church, how amazing that is that he won the victory and he's willing to share it with us. There's a Disney movie titled The Good Dinosaur. And in that movie, you see the little main character, this little green dinosaur. He's sitting with a a group of T-Rex, and they're telling stories about fighting and bravery. And then the father T-Rex tells a story of how he fought off a a group of huge crocs. And the little dinosaur said, I want to be like that. I'm done being scared. And the T-Rex just looked at him and responded, Who says I wasn't scared, he said. Who wouldn't be scared of fighting off a huge croc? If you don't get scared, you ain't living. And this is how he responded. He says, you can't outrun fear, but you can overcome it. You see, we have a tendency to read this story, and we want to believe that Jesus didn't feel fear, feel pain. But if you continue through the Gospels, you'll see that 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 just isn't true. Luke chapter uh, 22, verses 42 says, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me. Yet not my will, but yours be done. And that's Jesus talking. He says, if you are willing, take this cup from me. I mean, this is right before he's going to the cross, and he asked the Father to take the cross from him. But Jesus knew what had to happen. And so Jesus said, it's not about my will, but it's about accomplishing the Father's will. And because of this, Jesus won the victory, and he shares it with us. He overcame all of the obstacles. He battled the fear and ultimately won the victory. And because of this, you and I are no longer bound to sin. We are free because of Jesus Christ's sacrifice. How amazing is that church? Jesus resisted the applause. He didn't get comfortable, and he won the victory, and he shares it with us. And church, listen, I don't know where you are right now. I don't know what you're going through. You might be on the mountaintop. Everything may be going perfect and seem wonderful, or you might be in a dark valley battling it out right now. But I need you to understand this, that no matter where you are, listen to me, church, no matter what you're going through, Jesus Christ has been there. He understands and he knows right where you are. And Jesus is saying to you, keep pressing forward. Don't stop. Don't get distracted by the praise. Don't get comfortable. Jesus is saying, don't allow the fear to stop you. Keep going. The victory lays ahead. 
I want to share another quote with you. And this was Paul's charge to Timothy. And it's found in 1 Timothy chapter 6. And this is what he said. He says, But you, man of God, flee from all of this and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. Fight the good fight of the faith. Church, it is my prayer that we will be like Christ and that we will fight the good fight of faith.